Welcome to Storytime at the Rubus, a weekly podcast about the Bonnaroo Music and Arts Festival. And then... I'm Joe. I'm Daniel. I'm Brooklyn. I'm Eric. I'm Sharla. I'm Alex. Hey, Alex is here too. He's our next door neighbor over here in our neighborhood. But we have Joe on over the phone. How have you been doing, Joe? I've been great. How are you guys? Oh, we're fantastic. So I know we only have you for a few minutes. Did you say you're headed out to a party in Louisville tonight? Yes. That's awesome. So for anyone that doesn't know, Joe is going to be the other member of the Rubus crew this year. I think we got you one of the bunks back here, Joe. Did you call left or right? Or are you and Brooklyn going to have to talk that out? I think I called right, but Brooklyn and I can talk about it. Oh, she's she, she yeah, had yeah. to like pick what was left and right. No, no, you're good because I, I have decided both you and Double Joe are way taller than me. And it would make sense that both of you get the big couches and I sleep on the little sofa in the floor. Well, we got like a month and a half to figure that out. We're going to go with, uh, based on size. Y'all are tall as hell. So I, well, I drive the bus. I am calling executive privilege and I'm taking the the bed in the back with Charlotte. As long as I'm at Bonnaroo, I don't give a Same. (laughs) Eric and Ben, how have you guys been? Uh, We went to Panoply today in Huntsville. Yeah, so that's our arts festival here in town. How'd you like it? Ah, it was great. I mean, the crowd was kind of small, but, uh, we spent way too much money supporting our local artists oh really mm. but that we did <laughs> well joe you're an artist that people can support as well do you still have your stuff online i do yeah where can people find it um so it's uh on instagram it's at magic moon hippie uh and magic spelled with a k at the end you did a fantastic piece of art about um oh gosh uh, i had a drink so remind me who was the dude that passed away about three or four years ago the rapper mac miller mac miller yes I love your art. That's one of my favorites that you've done. Have you ever thought about doing prints of that? Because I feel like it would sell pretty well. I would 100% buy a Mac Miller print. You did? Amazing. Okay. So people can find that. uh, Where again? Um, It's Magic Moon Hippie on Instagram. uh, And it's spelled with a K. So M-A-G-I-C-K. And everything's available for print too. So Perfect. Can I trouble you to bring uh, something that we can show people at Rue? We can put it up in the oh. uh, window of the bus? Oh, yeah. I was thinking of bringing a lot of stuff down. Yes. Honestly, stuff yeah, I love doing that. I love putting some artwork in the windows so people can see it as they, they drive by. So, yes, please bring some of yours. So I know we only got you for a few. So I'm going to ask you about this before we go to everybody here in a moment. Joe, I feel like you are probably my top expert when it comes to the EDM portion of the Bonnaroo lineup this year. So there's a couple that I and many others, I imagine many in the bus right now, are going to be going to, going to go see Disclosure and Flume. Those are probably the two biggest. But what are some other recommendations that you have for things that people should be checking out? So I'm actually, like, I was looking at the lineup when you messaged me earlier and um, trying to see, like, some of the smaller names. Um, Like, G. Jones is going to be really good. Um, and I'm actually really excited. I love when I look at the lineup and, like, see something I didn't see before. Um, of the Trees is going to be there. Yes. Um, they're really wonky. Like, I love their music. They're such a vibe. Um, I've been really into more melodic EDM lately. Um, so Flume and, like, Closey. Like, I'm super excited for them. Everyone knows I'm excited for Illinium. Oh, um, yeah. That's going to be, that's my number one, um, as far as I have to be there, uh, Flume, of course. Um, and then BTSM, I actually just saw them in Columbus, and they are awesome. They throw down so hard. So I definitely really want to see them again. 
All right, awesome. You know, another recommendation I have, I don't know if you've listened to him. Have you checked out Lane 8? That's one of my favorites that's planned this year. I haven't. I think they're going to be at Forecastle, too, because I, I looked at that today. They are. I'll have to check. Yes, I, b I believe so. That's kind of like my gem. That's kind of like the stuff that inspired DJ Catless. So do me a favor. I'm going to give you some homework. Check out Lane 8. It's kind of like the more low-tempo, kind of more housey stuff like I like. Maybe not your ballpark as much, but I think you might, I think you might like it. Yeah, I like a little bit of everything, as long as it's not drum and bass. We're good. Okay, yeah. Drum, drum and bass. Is drum and bass more of a nineties thing at this point? Is it kinda outdated? No. Like I, I went to something last night and they were playing drum and bass and I was I just can't get behind it. Hey, what, <laughs> what has been will be again. The house was not a thing for a while, but now it's big again. So I'm very um confused. Yes. Or not really confused, just like um and, Unknowledged is the word, I yes. guess. Um, I thought drum and bass was like the stuff that I like, but the stuff that I like is the stuff that you like. What is drum and bass? So I, I think it has more to do with like the beats per minute, um, like technically. Um, like I've, I've kind of looked up the difference between EDM genres and it gets really confusing. Mm, there's so I many. Like the drum and bass is super fast. Okay, yeah. See, that's not my Like no. very like techno. Quick, See, I'm not. Like, I wish I was, but I'm not that into house. I can get down to house when it's like slower house or like bass house, especially. I love it. I love to dance to it. But like more so, like if I'm going out, I really like house music. But if I'm going to a show or like a festival, I usually like more of like the melodic dubstep, dubstep rhythm. Yeah, kind of thing. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Well, let's go around the room. Here. Everybody's sitting here up at the front of the bus right now, so. So, uh, Brooklyn, we heard from you. All right, Ben, what is your favorite kind of EDM to go listen to live? Oh, Lord. Uh, like a EDM yeah. artist? How many drinks have you had? Um, well, <laughs> I will say for the viewers at well. home, very many. Okay. Um, <laughs> perhaps, um, depending on what your kitchen varies, catch up, get on my level. What? Um, so... I think EDM, as well as I know it, or what it means to me, has got to be 100 Gex. Oh my gosh, you're going to be one of those this year. I will, I will, and I will say the only reason I am one of those 100 Gex stands, because not everything that they make hits, it doesn't. Some of the things they have made have made me question why I listen. <laughs> Period. You have to listen to a song like multiple times yes, to actually and understand. Yes, at all. But a lot of their other things, it's a lot of emotion. It's a lot of these, you know, things that people won't care about. I think the main reason I listen to them is that Laura Les, trans, mm. trans queen, trans oh, yeah. icon. That's yes. why I listen to 100 Gex. And I think that's the only reason. So, um, so I've already mentioned recommended stupid horse as the intro track for them. Okay, but I we mm. were watching Euphoria and we noticed that a hundred gex song popped up. Oh yeah, I heard that. Do you know you you watched Euphoria and you saw that right? I feel like I did. But it's not what I heard is it's not an actual hundred gex song. It's one of them. Oh, so sense. what I would recommend for 100 Gex is um, Money Machine. Oh yeah, that was a wild one. Gotta mm -hmm. listen to that, and then Hand Crushed by a Mallet over and over again. Oh, 
That's the one. That's the vibe. <laughs> okay. There are a lot of covers um, of that, by the way, that include Fall Out Boy and like a what? number oh. of other people. That's so interesting. Vibe with that, yeah. Let's go to Alex next. What's some of your favorite EDM? Um, dubstep. What's your favorite artist? Oh. You like dubstep? You like Skrillex? I do. Yeah, it's pretty you cool. You mentioned Skrillex okay. earlier. Oh, yeah. gee. Okay. Okay. Skrillex played Bonnaroo once. It was a good show. Marshmallow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did as well. Eric, what, what, what's, what's some of your favorites? What's your favorite oh, that you've seen at Bonnaroo? I, I went to the Marshmallow show maybe in 2017. That was a great show, but I'm unqualified to speak about EDM. Oh, for nobody's me, unqualified. <laughs> for me, it's I'm walking around Bonnaroo late at night, and I go by the other or another tent mm-hmm. that's playing it and I was like I'm vibing with this okay and then I was like uh, Nostradamus oh, a few years ago so you yeah. just wander around and right. find something you vibe with that that's sense. right that's a good outlook Charles what about yours what's your favorite you have ever seen on the farm so this is going to be an unpopular opinion this is going to be an unpopular opinion oof get ready <laughs> Charles got a hot take here we go I feel really like dead mouth Oh, that, that, that's not an unpopular. As crazy as it sounds, that's not an unpopular. I enjoyed yeah. House. They're I great. Really like house music, and I really, really miss Calliope. Oh, yes. Four a.m. Girl, girl, you need to go to Okeechobee because the in- Incendia is what it was called. Is basically yes. Calliope. Stuff you could really get down to. Joe, we have especially got to get you to Okeechobee. Oh yes, ma'am. Oh, I feel like, yeah. I feel like a lot of what's there would write would really be up your alley when it comes to EDM. No, all the videos I saw, it was like, I, I need to go there you next would, year. Yeah. You would absolutely thrive. So, Joe, hearing what everybody was kind of thinking when it comes to EDM this year, what would you recommend us all as a group go see? I mean, you already know I'm going to say Illinium. I think everybody I think we need No, yeah. come on. You can do better. How about we all go see Flume together? Because you know we're going to anyways. Well, no, we're all going to go see Flume. But I was looking for, like, an actual, like... Trying to see someone that I didn't say before. I have a suggestion. Uh, I have really been digging 100 Drums. Yeah. I think I've listened to a couple songs, but I think it's it's her, right? I think so, yes. Rekno. I think everybody would really... Ooh, yes! Yeah. Rekno. I've heard some He's Rekno songs with the Flume that are really cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I think that's a wonderful for, suggestion for both us and anybody that's listening. Yes. That, that's one that hasn't Rekno really been talked great. about a lot. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody mention that. Regno does yeah, stuff like, with Cherub and Grizz. Yeah, Regno yeah. does, oh, yeah. does like a lot of collaborative mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, good call, Joe. Yeah. Grizz songs is with Regno. Yes, awesome. yes, 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 yes. Well, Joe, do, do, do you have to run? You said you had a party tonight? Yeah, I do. Someone's actually on their way right now to come oh. some stuff. <laughs> Aww. Well, yeah. thank you for your help with this. I wanted to talk with you about that specifically because I really think you are like one of the top people as a go-to source for EDM. Absolutely. Yeah. So be thinking about that. We'll hear back from you because you're going to be with us a lot because you're riding in the bus this year. So everybody oh, yeah. come meet Joe and see her art at the Wednesday night party. Brooklyn, what's up? Joe, I'm looking forward to going to see Elenium with you. Do I personally like Elenium? No, but... Do I want to go with you? Absolutely. Yes, girl. Be on the floor, one hundred percent. Yeah. I will be there for you, Joe. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to going to see Stead the Sky with you. Ooh, oh. yes. The sky is gonna be fun. Yes. I can't wait for that. Awesome. 
Well, we can't wait. Joe, we got a lot of plans. Uh, I think you're going to be coming up to our place a couple of nights before Rue so we can kind of pregame and rest up and be ready and everything. Girl, we're looking forward to it so much. Can't wait to have you up here. Yeah. Have fun if you, at your thing tonight. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, I'll talk to you guys soon. Love you all. Kisses. All right, see you, Joe. Woo! Thanks to Joe for coming on to tell us about EDM stuff. I really wanted to cover that. Uh, I don't feel like it's gotten enough attention, and I really trust her as like the oh, coach. Absolutely. She's been following this kind of stuff for years and years. Uh, I didn't get to talk about it because she's got to run to a party tonight, but she went to some amazing shows up in Louisville. Louisville seems to have become a mecca for a lot of good shows. It really has. Like, it really has. She's seen like Excision twice this year. Yeah. Louisville's such a cool town. Like, if you guys haven't been to Louisville, like, it is just an amazing town. Like, I highly recommend if you're looking for like a good like weekend trip, like mm -hmm. if you're in the southeast, like Louisville, definitely check out. Louisville. And you wouldn't think that, but right, exactly. Like, you would not think that. Yeah, like, it's just so random. But Louisville. And yeah. I personally haven't been, and I'm still waiting to go. Let's go. Charles going twice in the let's next take, month. Let's take. Yeah. Let's take a trip. Oh, wow. Ben, Eric, what have y'all been up to? We had you on about two months ago. We haven't talked to you on the mm. podcast since. What's been going on for you? You've been in any shows? You went to Panoply today, but what else have you been doing? Um, we went to see uh, the band Camino a couple yes. weekends yeah. ago. How, was, How that? was that? That was a great show. It got cut short because of lightning mm. in Birmingham. Mm. So. The rain did come down, and um, she decided that the show was not to continue. Oh, no. Damn. How did you like that venue? What was the name of the place again? Avondale. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Avondale Brewery. We saw yeah. glass animals there. Oh, right. small. great yeah. venue, right? Yeah, it seemed kind of small to me for glass animals. Right? So it was, was it crowded or? It oh, was it was crowded. very yeah. crowded, but it was such an intimate, <laughs> right. intimate and great show. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah, I loved the venue and. It was like the crowd was actually really good. Yeah, um, it was like a mini. I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting a uh, a really great crowd, but they no. They knew. Yeah. It was a pretty good show. Yeah, highly recommend. Uh, had you been to some other show in the past couple of months too? I seem to recall something else. Um, we went to we've been to Brooklyn Bowl in Nashville. We saw Chase Atlantic. Then we saw the unlike, unlikely candidates at maybe Basement East mm -hmm. in Nashville. Ooh, How yes. was that Brooklyn Bowl Basement location East. in Nashville? I've heard a lot of good things about that. Yeah, it was a great venue. Um, the show kind of catered to a lot of. The teen crowd, oh, I guess. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, have, I have some comments about Nashville shows here in just a few minutes. Yeah. Well, I I have to say Chase Atlantic is one of the greatest bands I've ever saw live. I don't genuinely, I think, fuck with that type of music. What kind of music is it? I haven't really heard of that. Okay, so for anyone listening, what I genuinely fuck with is Pierce the Veil, like mm. some mm -hmm. sort of Pop. like screamo type, oh, you know, whatever. Okay. Do you like Bring Me the Horizon? I did. Um, when they did the, you know, the hollering. Yeah. They don't do that. <laughs> the hollering. The hooping no and the more. Hollering. The hooping and the hollering. <laughs> um, Chase Atlantic is. Oh God, what is it? It's like a mixture of like I think a gentle rap and then kind of a. Indie emo thing. Yeah. yeah. No, I haven't listened I haven't to listen them. To them. From what you're describing right now, it kind of sounds like a lighter version of Linkin Park. Mm. 
Could be. Perhaps, okay. yeah. Um, they do sing about, you know, party favors, oh. as we Ooh. all do Bud like to do them. <laughs> Good Bud Light. Thank yeah. you for that, Mitchell. They, um, they also sing about, like, mental states, and mm. they have great oh. voices, and the shows are just now, nice. when you say they, they, they talk about, like, mental conditions in their lyrics, I think I know what you're talking about, because that's why I originally fell in love with Tame Apollo. Mm. When you can identify with somebody's, like, struggles. With, yeah, with someone's whole life set, what they're going through, um, what pains them, what makes uh, everything so awful, uh, yeah. Thank you. We are on Woo! very same planes of existence. Yes. Vibe, yes. I, yeah. under- I understand completely why you fell in love with that band now. Chase Brooklyn. Atlantic is good for that. Chase Atlantic. I'm going to look that up. Okay. What you got, Brooklyn? So... You you mentioned that you guys went to a show at Basement East. Correct. I have not been to a show yet in Basement East uh-huh. and Nashville. Um, now there is a show that I'm very interested in. That's kind of like re- like almost right after Bonnaroo, and it's um, what are they called? Uh, oh my god! Pause for editing. Yeah. Um, the Australian surf rock band. What that Can that Sarah got me on. This. But it's Ocean Ocean Alley. Ocean Alley. Ocean Alley. Ocean Alley. Yes, Ocean Alley. They are playing at the Basement East shortly after Bonnaroo. I'm not sure the exact dates, but I'm very interested in going. I just haven't found anybody that I want to go with. Um, My boss had been to uh, a show um, with her daughter recently at the Basement East, and she said it was pretty cool. How would you uh, rate that venue? Oh, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's an intimate venue. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Mars Music Hall. Okay. Really? About that same size? Yeah, the size. Was. So it fits about maybe 500 people tops? Correct. Give or take? Okay. That sounds awesome. I, I if, if anybody wants to go see Ocean Alley with me at the Basement out. East, fantastic band, if you like that kind of music. It's kind of like a surf rocky band from Australia. Um, Basement East. Yeah, I'm I'm down. That sounds awesome. Okay. Well, Brooklyn is looking for a concert, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's in the um, East Nashville neighborhood around Five Points, Five Points Pizza, Five Spot. Yeah, all that kind very of stuff. similar. They rebuilt it. Yeah. Uh, so I've been told. Um, did due you get to those... hit by that tornado? Yes, okay, it did, yeah. and they have made it better. So, so I've so I've heard. Speaking of Nashville, uh, me and Charlie got a few things to tell everybody. We went to the uh, Jack White show oh, at yes. the Ascend Amphitheater yeah, last that. night. <laughs> yeah. I love Jack White. He is one of my favorite living musicians. <laughs> last night was a reminder that he is perhaps the greatest guitar player alive right now. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Um, oh, Ascend Amphitheater, I like a lot. Oh, by the way, we get, we hung out with uh, David Bruce, who does oh, yes. the I Am Bonru Project all night last night. We met him at a bar beforehand, and we sat with him at the show. Fantastic time with him. He's the sweetest dude. I, I, I want to be David Bruce when I grow up because Same. any adventure that he wants, he does. Drives all over the country for all these kind of crazy things. Uh, I told him we were going to Burning Man, and I almost talked him into going. He's going to oh, wow. do some photos there if we can find a way to get him a ticket. But I love him to death. If you see him, get your picture taken by him at Ruse. Sweetest, nicest guy. Amazing photographer also, by the right. way. Yeah, I would love to see his photos at Burning Man. But yeah, we went to the Ascend Amphitheater. I love that place. That's like the third or fourth time I've seen a show there. It's like a little miniature what stage almost. Have you ever seen a show there before? I have not. Go if there's somebody you want to see. I can't recommend it enough. It's never crazy expensive. Half half of it is seated. The other half is like general admission in like a field, kind of like at the wet stage. Okay. So you just put a chair or blanket down wherever you can chill. You can move around if you want to. It's the yeah. middle of town. Yeah. 
in Huntsville, we have our own amphitheater. The Opening Orion. up soon. Yeah. Did you so, get tickets for any of those shows? I have not. Dave Matthews is coming up. That one sold out. Yeah. It did. Okay. We got a fantastic new amphitheater. Charlotte and I drove by it earlier today. It looks like a Roman Coliseum. Right. Awesome. We're getting a lot of good bands. We're getting My Morning yeah. Jacket and Dave Matthews. Yeah. We're, I got tickets for... Jack White's coming to Huntsville. I only okay. paid, I think, 60 or $70 a piece for pit tickets for My Morning Jacket at the end of the summer here oh, in Huntsville. Oh, wow. Yeah. I That's can't wait. One of mine and Charlotte's collective favorites. Uh, but yeah, the Ascendant uh, Amphitheater in Nashville, great. I'm going to be honest about something. This, I, You know how I am. I like to be always positive. I don't like to be negative. I'm going to be truthful about something, which is kind of in between. Man, the crowd at the Ascendant was different than I expected for that Jack White show. Like, I was spoiled that we saw him in 2014 where there was like such a symbiotic relationship. At Bonnaroo. At Bonnaroo, yeah. Last night, it wasn't the same crowd, though. It was I a little quiet. I don't know if it was just where, we're, where we were setting or what, but the pe- the crowd around us were just not into it. They were just not into it. It was like a concert at the Pops. People chilling and having their wine at the show, you know. Huh. That's not a Jack White show. No. Uh, yeah, well, th- I will give it up to the couple of rows up front. They were partying hard oh, and jumping around. Definitely. They were loving everything that he was playing. And I was too, dude, but I was like, when he was playing like uh, Dead Leaves on the Dirty Ground, right. he did like a much heavier, more rockier version. And I'm like jumping around and I'm looking mm-hmm. around like, Oh, I'm the only guy doing this. <laughs> it's kind of strange. I'm like, I thought Nashville was Music City, dude. Somebody, was it you that were telling me earlier, like when we were hanging out in my front yard, like the crowds may have changed post-pandemic a little bit? Oh, no, I was talking to Ben Wells on the phone, actually, one of our Patreons. He was telling me that. I'm sorry. sorry. I've had a drink or two. But, like, I'm, re- I'm not remembering anything. He said that. He told me that uh, post-pandemic, you have a lot of different types of crowds going to shows, and maybe they aren't as like heavily into it as they were pre-pandemic. That Which actually made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, that makes sense. And, yeah. you know, I think also we're just spoiled on going to good festivals. We are. I honestly prefer by far the vibe at a festival over an individual show at a venue. Mm-hmm. Very much so. There's it's a always lot. the vibe. Transmedia, yeah. yeah. They're, like, you have a band that has to fight a little harder because it's not full of your own fans. They've got to win people over, so they're going to have more energy because they feel like they have to win people over <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then the crowd, especially at Bonner, is up for anything. And because they're in another dimension in many different ways, let's be honest, like they're going to be more into it. It's just a better atmosphere for me. That's just my opinion, though. What, what, do you, what does everybody here think? I mean, I think if it's your favorite band where you know <laughs> the words to every single song, and they're gonna, the set list is going to be bigger, obviously, at an individual concert than at a festival. Mm-hmm. And if you're up close, and I, yeah, I mean, I think that's more your thing but still i get your the festival vibe where you can see multiple bands at the same yeah i agree like if it's like your favorite like your favorite song you're, you're gonna have to vibe one way or another mm-hmm. yeah or if it if it just sits right and s- settles for you mm-hmm. you're gonna have to you know vibe because that's it's just you and you, exactly. you want to be able to, you know, feel free around other people right. who vibe the same way. Yeah, you already, you had okay. been to Bonnery, you know what's up. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Charles? Right. I mean, I agree. I was going to say, um, you know, I've been to several shows in Huntsville, and I always thought, oh, this is just a Huntsville thing. Huntsville's just just not a music town. But now thinking about it, the shows I've been to in Nashville, a lot of them have have the same crowd problem or crowd exactly. you know the, where the crowds are just mm-hmm. not as into it as when we go to Bonnaroo it might depend on like the location and venue because I've been to shows at the five spot in East Nashville where it's kind of 
kind of wild up in mm -hmm. there. Like they, they're very, very good about booking talent at the five spot. You you know if you're going on there over there on a weekend night. Well, I know for your post pandemic, anyways. And just to give you an band. example, when we went to that Dixie Chick show a few years ago, and people were just setting down, golf clapping. Oh yes, yeah. kind of awkward. Yeah. Was that in Huntsville or? We, Nashville. I took, uh, we took. I took Charlotte to Nashville to see the chicks uh, oh, yeah, about the chicks. three or four years ago. And uh, first of all, go see them at Bonnaroo. I was super impressed. They're so good. They're not really like a country artist. They're more like in line with like Springsteen well, yeah. or something these days. Um, they're fantastic, but the crowd was just like, yeah, again, like weekend evening at the Pops. You know? Right. And uh, if I go to a show, that's one reason I love going to Bonnaroo, because the vibe and like the energy that you have at a big show is just unmatchable. You just don't see that in a venue show, I don't think. I saw the Dixie Chicks in 2000. They were the Dixie Chicks. But yeah, <laughs> Right, sorry, Dixie Chicks in Birmingham, Jefferson Civic Center, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, that's the place. But maybe is it that we feel more free at Monterey yes. to be ourselves? Yes. And maybe is it we don't care? <laughs> it, no, exactly. Because I'll wear a Spider-Man suit or dress and drag or whatever at Monterey. I wouldn't yeah. do that at a venue show, you know? Maybe we just that's don't care. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, free to be ourselves. Exactly. So, yes, that is our call. Also, I will continue, when it comes to Nashville, since we were there yesterday, I will continue to say this to anyone, don't go to Broadway. Go to East Nashville or mm. the Vanderbilt area. I cannot agree Yeah, more. West End or yeah. East End. Yeah. <laughs> Not five, the middle. Five <laughs> Points <laughs> is such a cool part of town. The five Points Pizza is great. The Five Spot is great. There's, like, cool murals. Brooklyn loves that area. Yeah, the coolest the coolest bar that I've been to, obviously, is the Five Spot. Yeah. Um, over there. Um, so I've heard... Uh, we found a, a lot of, like, coming up bands from there. Like, we found the Bloom Blooms. Or the Blam Blam. Bam, bam. Blam the Blam Blams. Yeah. We found the Blam Blams there. And um, we, we, we've seen a lot of good coming up artists from Nashville. Nashville-based artists, like, just perform there for shits and giggles. Um, Post Malone played there. Yeah, right? Post Malone played there. Yeah. Um, he he played uh, his second debut album. I think so. Um, at that show, at, at that place, like it. No, it, it's one of the best bars to go to in Nashville if you want to see some really good live music. I want to back they'll, up. They'll she, have like live music like almost every night. I want to back up what she said too about the Blam Blams. If y'all have never listened to a music recommendation from us before, listen to this one. They are freaking amazing. It's they like are a, so cool. It's like glam rock, and I have been dying for them to play Bonnaroo. If anybody from AC or Live Nation or whatever is listening to this, and you want to take one thing away from us ever, book the Blam Blams to yeah. play Thursday oh, at Bonnaroo. Wonderful. I swear you will not regret it. They mm. are amazing. Yes. Again, book the Blam Blams, please. You will have the best time of your life. Yeah, yeah. They played in Huntsville once. We had a great time with them. Mm -hmm. All right, so we have some other stuff to get to. We have two big things to get to in just a moment. So um, we're going to time travel. We're recording this on Sunday. Monday afternoon, I have an interview with Mr. Rick Farman. Um, Eric, do you know who that is? I do not. I, he was one of the co-founders of Modern. Oh, okay. Like one of the handful of guys from like Superfly and AC Entertainment that started back in the day in uh, 2001, 2002. Sorry, I had a drink and drink. Um, but tomorrow, but in just a few seconds, uh, through the magic of editing, I'm going to be speaking with him, uh, kind of about the history of Bonnaroo and a new event that Superfly is putting together as well. Okay. After that, after that interview, we're going to jump forward in time again, and Charlotte and I have, in Brooklyn, have narrowed it down to four entries for our giveaway ticket contest, and 
Eric, I've got to get you to listen to some of these here in a minute. Okay. I can't play favorites, but there's one in particular that I want you to listen They're to. Heart-wrenching. It, oh, my gosh. Come on, boo Y'all, band. Charlotte, come in here for this. This was one of the hardest things mm. that we've ever had this to do. This is... I literally, we listened to him in the car on the way to Nashville, and I was, tears were rolling down my uh, my face. Y'all, they were so good. Y'all went above There's and beyond. one <laughs> film that I love so much for personal reasons. I can't, we can't say yeah. it, but there was one of them that just, my heart broke. And you, then it broke, and it fell out, and it ro- rolled out the window. You guys really came through. I just want to say, I, I was personally looking for heart-wrenching stories that's going to make me cry and y'all delivered really delivered yes i i especially one of them like i i I cried i cried so hard if i was rich i would just buy every single one of you yes (laughs) yes you all deserve a ticket y'all all all did amazing and we appreciate all of the the stories that story time at the rubus was giving away two tickets and and then the format you announced to give it away i was like oh that is not going to be easy for these well podcasts. oh my gosh I mean, when you hear these you'll yeah is it um, incredible it no i just have to reiterate to everyone it we got about a dozen charlotte give or take about it was a, about 18 yeah, oh wow my gosh yeah. anyways we listened to every single one of them everybody did such a great job it was so hard narrowing this down to four uh you i i have to thank everyone even if yours wasn't one of the four finalists, thank you so much for sending it. I want to do something with those and like kind of collect them so everybody can hear your stories. We'll figure out a good way to do that. Um, so thank you so much again. Please come see us at the Rebus, uh, hopefully on Wednesday before our party so we can show you around. But if not, another day for sure. Uh, thank you so much for entering. It means a lot. Those stories were just amazing. That was kind of the reason we put this podcast together in the, in the beginning, collect all these stories. So it's, I'm, I'm choking up a little bit thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. So, we're going to go to our interview with Rick. We're going to listen to all of the four stories, the finalists, and then we're going to come back to us through the magic of time travel. Yes. So, we will see you on the other side. Everybody, I'm on the line with a new buddy. I'm with uh, Mr. Rick Farman. Rick, so we have a lot of people that have only been coming to Bonnaroo probably like the past five years or so. Can you kind of introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your relationship with Rue and what you're up to these days. Yeah, sure. Uh, I am one of the co-founders of Superfly, which is one of the uh, two companies that originally created Bonnaroo. Um, and we uh, owned and operated Bonnaroo uh, you know, for the first, uh, I guess, 18 festivals all the way up into um, the last one that uh, had the fortune of happening in 2019. Um, I am thrilled to be coming back this year uh, as just a participant. Um, it's kind of a, a dream of mine to be able to just go to Bonnaroo. Um, so I'm particularly fired up about this year's festival. And um, we at Superfly uh, today still uh, are involved in a bunch of different festival projects. Um, outside Lands Festival uh, in San Francisco's Golden Gate Park. We've got a new project called Superfest, which we might talk about later. Um, And we do a bunch of other things at Superfly, uh, including um, we're launching a uh, location-based experience around Prince uh, in Chicago this coming June. So if you're a Prince fan and you're in and around Chicago uh, after June, you should come check out the Prince experience. 
um, and, and a bunch of other things at Superfly that, that uh, all are around um, just creating experiences around passion, around the things that people are passionate about, things that people really uh, find community and culture in. Um, we're just a broad experience company that, that looks to um, you know, create opportunities for people to come together. Yeah, some of that was news to me. That's really cool that you're doing that Prince thing, especially. Um, I want to get to more of what you're doing now in a few minutes. But, you know, seeing as we're finally getting around to celebrating the 20th anniversary on the farm this year, I think it's a cool time to kind of look back at the beginning days. Can you tell us a little bit about, like, what was your involvement in the early days of Rue? You guys were based in uh, New Orleans at the time. Is that right? Yeah, so the origins of Bonnaroo uh, really came on the Superfly side from us uh, being uh, concert promoters in New Orleans, and we started this when we were in college. Is uh, you know four guys who had a passion for music and who were working in and around clubs and bars um, that, that had a, you know were strong with the music scene in New Orleans, and um, just started putting on concerts uh, initially during Mardi Gras Jazz Fest. And that was sort of the early DNA around creating something um, that was a special event. Um, we did other concerts, you know, from time to time. But the, the thing that we really, you know, felt was our calling was these, you know, experiences where we could bring lots of different bands together um, to New Orleans, all at that, those Mardi Gras and Jazz Fest time periods and create like a real branded special event. Um, and as we were building that stuff, uh, we were going to a lot of festivals, both uh, domestic and internationally. Um, you know, first and foremost, for sure, was the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. We were going to that on a regular basis. Um, one of my partners was going to see a lot of the big European festivals. I was going to a lot of the smaller jam-orientated festivals like High Sierra and Berkfest and Telluride Bluegrass and things like that um and um you know and 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 certainly one of the big things was uh you know we were going to a bunch of the fish festivals and we were seeing how they were um <laughs> you know constructing their events around their community and so that was really the soup of things that um was going on around the time um we came up with this idea of hey if we could get you know all of the acts in this of emerging rock scene, this jam scene, all together in one place at one time, and we could put acts around that core that were uh, either referential or that had been, you know, inspired those, you know, that that music. Um, that we felt we would have a recipe for something unique and special. We certainly had no idea that it would be around for twenty years, yeah. that it would, you know, have the impact that it's had in, in people's lives. Um, ourselves included. Um, we just, you know, at that time thought it would be a cool thing to do to kind of bring this scene and community together in a place that, um, you know, everybody could kind of let their hair down, camp for four days, and, you know, have a big old party. And um, that, that was really kind of the volition and the mindset and the background to, uh, you know, what, what we created. So I feel like a lot of those things you mentioned, like some of the kind of New Orleans-inspired things, like Jake and Snakes and parades, and like a lot of the stuff from like those old fish festivals, have stuck around for like 20 years. Like we still have and love those things. 
something that I think may not have been around as much in like the early days, and you tell me because you was there and I was not, is a lot of the community involvement. So like, I mean, you have us that's doing like this podcast and a lot of things, but you also have like the parachute people that have the roof shoot, Camp Red Roo that has like one of the biggest events out in the campgrounds with their beer exchange. Back in the early days, was stuff like that a thing? Did you think it was going to become a thing later on? Um, so, you know, early on, it was a lot less organized is what I would say. <laughs> and, you know, there, there was a lot of elements of what you're talking about that were coming through, you know, the traditions of, you know, the Grateful Dead parking lots and the fish parking lots and, you know, the, the entire sort of jam scene. So there were like communities, you know, of people that were, you know, kind of, you know, had things that I, I think in, in ways kind of felt like what, we, you know, we've seen develop more formally today. But certainly, you know, there was no culture of Bonnaroo because there was no Bonnaroo. So it took, you know, a, a time. It took people to sort of have those special experiences at the festival and feel like, you know what, I want to I wanna join in this. I want to actually do something to, you know, create, um, you know, a, a, another element of the event. And I, I want to do it myself and, and take that initiative. Yeah. So, again, there were things, you know, like there was a lot of vending, for instance, in the parking lots and things like that, like you would have at a Grateful Dead show. So that had its own sort of culture and its own um, element of community, um, but, you know, not not sort of Bonnaroo community. It was yeah. more of those communities sort of coming together to create the soup that created what the Bonnaroo community is now. Um, now, one of the things that was a big turning point for sure, and you know, the way that we sort of helped facilitate that um, and and what evolved to some of the stuff you've seen today was when a bunch of us went to Burning Man. Oh um, my if God. you haven't been to Burning Man and you're a Bonnaroo fan, <laughs> you should go check well, it out. You and I have a lot to talk about because I'm going to my first one this coming Labor Day. It's been oh, a wonderful. bucket list thing for me. And I have – actually, I was talking to a lot of people this past week where I like the direction that Bonner has taken in the past five or so years because it's almost as if it's an East Coast Burning Man. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, the first time, uh, you know, I went to Burning Man, I went with uh, two of my other co-founders and um, Russ Bennett who uh, many people know in the Bonnaroo community as kind of being our, you know, a, initial uh, visual design director mm -hmm. and somebody who, you know, was very impactful on the development of the Bonnaroo community. And so the you know, four of us went out there and frankly had our minds blown. Um, and we had already had a relationship with a bunch of the people that run Burning Man. They had come out to Bonnaroo um, to, to check out what we were doing and, there was a really nice exchange of, of information and support, um, but I really had no idea about yeah. how impactful going to bon Burning Man would be on Bonnaroo. Well, the cool thing there is, like, the headliners are the community itself. There's no, like, you know, big names. That, like, they don't have, like, Stevie Nicks going there. They don't advertise that. The big headliners yeah. are, like, the people that are doing these giant group camps and, like, have things that they build there for the rest of the community. And I, that's why I keep comparing it to Bonner. I know they're still very different entities, but it almost has become that in the campgrounds in recent years where you have Red Roo doing this big beer exchange or throwing a party. It's something that the attendees themselves organize. So, yeah, I think there's a, a big relationship there. 
Yeah, I mean, there were two really fundamental things that we changed about Bonnaroo or evolved about Bonnaroo when we, um, you know, went to Burning Man and coming off of that. Number one is that we created the Bonnarooian code. Mm. Right? We had not had that before. And so it was in direct. Um, it was a direct inspiration from the ten principles. principles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been reading up on that. Yes. Yeah. And so, just this aspect of you know helping facilitate and you know create a guideline for people of like what what should you how you should you show up in an event like this. This is much different, of course, is that you know people who've been to Bonnaroo know that you know you, you don't just you typically come for a day or two and go home at night and that kind of stuff that happens at many, many festivals, you know, the, the aspect of camping and creating this environment together, um, you know, really requires everybody that's participating to have a, a set of um, basic guidelines of how to behave with each other. And yes, it's some of the typical stuff like, you know, radiate positivity and be nice, but it's also, you know, some of the stuff about, hey, how to teach other people to become part of the community. Exactly. And, um, you know, what, what, how to look out for one another and how to do this in a way that is, is going to, you know, continue to grow it into the future. Because the more people bring that um, creative energy to the table, the, the cooler the event is. And, and that's exactly yeah. what I think you're referring I, I'm to. I'm glad right? you mentioned you that. guys with the Rubus you know, one of the foundational pieces of that. Um, and so the, that that's one key component, right? The second thing was, was uh, setting up group camping. So prior to us going to Burning Man, we did not have group camping. So something like Reddit Roo couldn't really exist. Yeah. Because there wasn't a way actually physically on the farm to reserve space for 100 or 150 or 200 people to all camp together in one spot. And so that was one of the re real enduring legacies of, of, you know, that collaboration with the Burning Man people was to, for us to sort of see that value and making sure that larger groups can congregate because th those larger groups are the ones that really can, in a Burning Man style, facilitate its, you know, unique uh, crowdsourced, you know, community-driven mm -hmm. programming uh, that really does, uh, you know, ha add a whole, you know, really important, really, um, you know, meaningful layer to an event. Um, that's a that is a lot different. And I think Bonnaroo now is kind of in the middle, right? It, it is both a traditional music festival where you know you see bands on stages and there's a schedule and you kind of know what you're getting in that regard, which is different than Burning Man, where there is kind of nothing like that. And you know, Burning Man, where you have you know these theme camps and you have this sort of people just working all year to you know create something of value for the community. And so I, I think it's a beautiful marriage, frankly, of you know what's amazing about in, in so many ways the global festival market and, and certainly the, the American festival market. Yeah, absolutely, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something that us and Red Roo and Rutang Clan and many others have been trying to do. Like, I feel like there's an additional part of the code that necessarily hasn't been published yet. It's like, I don't know how you would phrase it, but it's trying to like pass it on to the next generation. So like this year, we're going to have like a small, short little workshop where we're going to introduce everything to the rookies, let them know the code, 
stuff like the Biz Markey song, High Five Friday, just to like pass it on to the next. Because like, right. let's be honest, one of these days, like I'm going to pass the bus on to somebody else and I want them to keep the tradition going. I want it to outlive me. So you're right. That is something that group like helped tr- tremendously with. Oh, hang on. That'll be an edit. All right. One second. There we go. So yeah, I really appreciate that you guys did that. And I feel like something else that you brought in from Burning Man was the group that has the the big red beetle. We love that thing. I, I, I miss seeing it as well. Yeah, the Walter group yeah. and uh, Calliope um, and, the, and the red beetle. Yeah, you know, that, that was a direct... Um, you know, influence of Burning Man on, on Bonnaroo. The Walter people who are based in Phoenix, Arizona, wonderful people who have created these, you know, amazing vehicles and amazing sound systems, um, you know, have a very prominent camp at Bonnaroo. I mean, excuse me, at, at Burning Man. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when some of our creative team was looking to infuse some of that, those type of elements, they were ones that we had already had developed a friendship with. And so it was a very natural thing for them to come and be a part of Bonnaroo. Uh, I um, have now been to Burning Man a bunch of times. And the last time I went, um, my experience was really, uh, you know, amazing in that I now, you know, knew these folks and I got to t- sort of the full-blown Walter experience at Burning Man. And what they do there is incredible. They throw an amazing uh, pink party uh, yeah. on Tuesday night, which I went to with my wife. That was just really a special moment. Um, and, um, you know, they're they're really, um, you know, it, it's really cool to, to see a group like that, you know, have kind of bridge the gap between those two events and, um, you know, to, to see them create uh, such, such happiness in people um, when you see their vehicles and when you get to experience their sound systems. Absolutely. So, like, kind of change base a little bit. Like, you know, these days at Bonnery, it kind of feels like the community has much or even maybe more sway in the direction of the festival than the actual staff. I mean, we're, of course, going to talk about your new Superfest project in a moment, but from a regular festival perspective, how much can you tell us about how organizers listen to the community that comes year after year, you know? You know, I, I think that um, we're always pretty attuned to it. Um, it's hard sometimes when you're in the bubble of producing something like this to know, you know, what information, um, you know, is relevant and how to kind of stay in touch with it. I think one of the things that was really fortunate for us is that, you know, a lot of the people that came to work for us, especially during sort of the core Bonnaroo years, were people who were, you know, from the community. Mm. Right? They were passionate Bonnaroo fans who had really meaningful experiences. And that's one of the reasons they sought out an opportunity to work with us. So we had quite a few people, you know, that were really true fans and that could really give it to us straight in terms of, you know, is this idea a good one or is this policy or is this, Mm. you know, thing that we're doing going to have a positive or negative impact? Um, And I I think in general, we all, you know, uh, would always spend a lot of time just trying to talk to people. And, you know, you you read some of the stuff on the internet, the message boards and (laughs) some of the social media stuff. And, you know, of course, you've got to be, you know, thoughtful about how you digest that because sometimes, um, you know, the, the kind of 
nature of discourse on on in those forums can well you know, be skewed. It's kind of like a Yelp review. Sometimes when you look at it, you're going to see like the most vocal or upset people. You know. Yeah, that's right. And so you know, you kind of you, you you use it as an input. You don't you know weigh it you know have more heavily than it needs to be. But but it's not um, it, you know it's it's important. And I think um, you know the people that are you know part of the festival now i think all have that same sort of mentality they've they've built their business um on you know being responsive to fans Mm -hmm. right we all work in this industry in service of the fans yes it's a business yes people are trying to make a lifestyle and and a living out of it um but at the end of the day you know if if you don't you know serve the fans and make sure that you know you're listening to the things that are going to uh, continue to make them feel it's worth their time, money, and energy, you know, to put into something like this. Then you're not going to be successful. And so, yeah. you know, I think that um, you know we we all realize that um, we're creating you know entertainment, something that you've got to come to and feel good about and leave feeling you know, had value for you. And, um, you know, it's a lot different than many other industries, um, where, you know, these, these are how people spend their vacations. You know, this is, this is that time that's so precious to them. That's me and my wife for sure. They invest a lot in. And so I think, you know, um, you know, the, the, all of the people I know, uh, that are, you know, have been and are currently involved with Bonnaroo really have that same volition. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, like a lot of us that come year after year that have been coming for like around a decade now, we've kind of taken it upon ourselves. Like, hey, there's a lot of cool stuff that we want to see, but we also want to contribute. So like, that's why we're ho- hosting a big Wednesday party at the bus. That's why like a lot of other of uh, the group camps are holding big parties or Rushud is doing big activations because like, we want to be part of it. We want to contribute a little bit to something that we're all taking away from. And that, that kind of leads me into talking about the big project that you're working on now with Superfest, because I think that you're taking kind of that idea to put that together. So can you tell us like the basic pitch of what Superfest is and what you hope to do with it? Yes. Yeah, so Superfest is a, a newly launched uh, community um, that's mission is uh, to come together to create a next generation festival. And the idea of it is that, um, you know, it, it is leveraging the, the passion of the festival community to build something with them from the ground up. So rather the typical thing that happens when, you know, somebody's like me, a promoter, a producer, you sort of figure out all the details in advance, where this is going to be, who's going to perform, what the ticket price is going to be, what the, you know, all the different facets. And then you announce it out to the world and you put tickets on sale and you see if, you know, people, uh, you know, embrace and want to support uh, and enjoy what what that creation is. Um, that's the typical model, right? That's how we started Bonnaroo. That's how we started Outside Lands and other festivals that we've produced. Here, we're sort of reversing that. We're starting with the community. We're saying, "Hey, come and you know join our uh, you know Discord channel. Uh, come and join our Twitter feed." And start participating in what you want a festival to be. Now, a lot of this is happening 
within the context and the paradigm of what you know is kind of called Web three. And what Web three really is is kind of an evolution of how um, you know communities can form and uh, come together. Uh, you essentially utilizing sort of a, a lot of the base concepts of crypto and cryptocurrencies and, and sort of that mode of creating value and, um, you know, organizing. And so we were looking at a lot of these Web3 projects that, you know, in a similar fashion, were coming together to start a restaurant or start a golf, you know, or create a golf course, things that you know, sort of felt very much similar to us in this aspect of, hey, let's let's put the community together first and have the community inform what we're going to do. And so essentially what we're going to invite people to do is become co-founders of this festival. And it'll be the best way to think about it is that you kind of buy a membership. You buy into being a part of this community. And then the community uses those funds to, you know, guided by the community to create um, an experience, in this case, going to be, you know, a festival, hopefully in, in 2023. Um, and so right now, you know, we're really just um, kind of putting together this initially. As I mentioned, we've started a, at Superfest, and that's um, with the E uh, as a nod to Web3 in the fest. So yeah. S-U-P-E-R-F-3-S-T. Um, so at Superfest, if you want to go to our, our Twitter handle, you can kind of learn more there. And, you know, Discord is a platform that um, really initially came up around gamers um, communicating um, and building community around games and things like that. It's also become sort of the similar kind of message board, social media sort of platform um, for a lot of this Web3 and crypto experiences. And so we've we've set up a Discord in there and, and it, it's organized by, you know, lots of different aspects of what we're trying to create and lots of different aspects of music and music discovery. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a really new way of thinking about how to build a festival and an experience together. And so much of it is driven, you know, around, you know, um, you know, some of the cultural elements and community elements that we love about Bonnaroo and that we love about, you know, things like Burning Man that I mentioned that are, you know, very crowd driven in terms of its, you know, the content that's, that's presented there. We're looking to kind of architect a similar thing. We hope that this is something that becomes complementary also to a lot of other festivals out there, including Bonnaroo, mm-hmm. that people, you know, um, feel like, oh, you know, I can go and have that big, large-scale experience at something like Bonnaroo, and I can also sort of feel like a part of a community for something that I'm helping um, to participate in and and help, you know, create from the ground up. So I understand that you're going to be on the What podcast talking with Brad and Barry, and they are far more knowledgeable than me when it comes to music business stuff. But I, I got a question or two for you about it from a fan perspective. So I'm sure that you've seen in years past on places like InfoRu and on Twitter, the general conversation before a lineup drop people start having wild expectations. They, they think that a, a festival might be capable of having McCartney and the Stones and Radiohead all at one festival. How, you, know, I, you know, you mentioned that people will like buy in and kind of invest, but when you're putting this together for 23, how do you communicate to people that like, hey, we got to be realistic. How, how do you manage their expectations? Yeah. Well, 
Um, what, what's the answer is, you know, we're going to figure it out, right? This is a new way of doing things. It's, it's, um, you know, we are, we are kind of building the plane as we are flying it here. So I think the core thing about this is that the community is going to get to make a lot of decisions mm. on who, what we do and where we do it and how we do it. Now, of course, you know, as us being the professional event producers, we are sort of a, a facilitator and kind of a safety net to make sure that it's being done in a, a, a appropriate way, a way that comports with how the industry works in a way that, um, you know, it's safe and, and we, we know can be um, done you know, successfully. Um, and so a lot of what we're going to have to do is really educate um, people on how it works, right? We're going to have to peel back that curtain a little bit of how it works. And we hope actually through that, that people will set the expectations themselves because they'll understand, okay, here's what's available for us to spend on talent versus visual design versus, okay, you know, yeah. here are the things that you have to spend on security and venue and, you know, insurance and all this sort of little mundane stuff that we are going to have to explain. Well, this okay, is pretty this cool. Is like, you know, have to do this to do this right. And here's a bunch of decisions that the community gets to make. Do we want to spend more on this or more on that? Or do we want to include this element or that element? Do we want less stages or more stages? Do we want, you know, camping or not camping? Like all of these things are really ultimately going to be uh, driven by what the community wants. So that's pretty cool because that's really, you know, what we're hoping is that people, once we kind of bring them into the process, right. Um, as a member of this community, that um, the output of this community will be something that comports with uh, what everybody felt made the most sense to do and therefore in line with their expectations. That's pretty cool because like, if you've got like a lot of young people that are perhaps going to school and in college for uh, music business type stuff, it's a great way for them to learn on the job, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we hope that people, um, you know, who want to learn more about how events and experiences like this come together, join up. And we also, um, you know, are going to make this easy for people, too. It's not like we're asking people to do, you know, hours on hours and hours of work. Of course, if you want to and you feel like you have an opportunity through this to create something special, like we want to facilitate that and support that and encourage it. But we're also going to set it up in a way that if you're just a casual member of this community, you're, you're able to still sort of see how things are being created and get the information and, you know, have your say-so, your vote in, in what it is that we create. I love it. So where can people learn more about this? How can they get involved? Yeah, so at Superfest, the Twitter handle is really the best place to start. Um, that's at S-U-P-E-R-F, the number three, S-T. And um, from there, you know, really encourage, again, people to join the Discord channel. You can get a link to the Discord channel right from the Superfest Twitter handle bio. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, Rick, I really appreciate it. Since you're going to be coming to Bonnaroo and won't be working it, uh, I hope you can make it out for our Wednesday party. Come sign the bus for us. And I tell you what, if Superfest ends up being within a couple of hours drive of Huntsville, Alabama, I'll see if we can take the rude bus up to it in 23. Uh, all right, man. Well, that, that sounds really great. Um, we, we are so excited uh, to be coming 
to Bonnaroo this year to hang out with everybody. Um, you know, as I mentioned, uh, first time not having to work and just <laughs> being an attendee alongside everybody listening here. So, and, uh, who are you most looking forward to? Crowd, just, having a great time. Who are you most looking forward to to see just as an attendee this time? I'm really particularly excited. Um, to see Tool again there. That Tool show that they did in, uh, I want to say it was maybe uh, 2017 or something like that. It's been a while. was really one of the best headline shows that we've had there. So I always love seeing Tool. Um, I'm really excited for Herbie Hancock because I'm a crazy Herbie Hancock fan. Um, Obviously seeing Stevie Nicks will be pretty neat, you know, um, at, at a festival like this. Um, War on Drugs, definitely been getting into those guys a whole bunch. Love their new um, album. Mark Ribelay, that should be really fun. Um, so yeah, just just in general though, more than anything, I'm just excited to be out there and hang in and hang with my friends and some family that's coming with me and just kind of get to have that experience of not having to be anywhere at any particular time. Um, and one other thing that will also be really cool is seeing Jack Atnoff's uh, Super Jam Um you know, yeah. probably a lot of people don't know this, but we, we used to manage Jack Span Steel Train for a little while. And the first time he played Bonnaroo, you know, it was kind of related to that. And, um, you know, we know it was a special experience for him back then. It was kind of a breakthrough moment. Um, so to see him, you know, leading a Super Jam at the festival and to sort of see him um, expouse upon all this amazing success that he's had, um, you know, that, that's going to be special just to, to see Jack, you know, um, doing, doing something like this at the festival. It, it's kind of a come full circle thing mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And, uh, it's going to be really fun. I'm looking to forward, I'm looking forward to that one because they're branding it as the 1984 super Jam, And I'm aging myself a little bit here, but that was the year I was born. So I got to go. All right. There you go. <laughs> oh, and my other recommendation, I am losing my mind, man, about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I hope they give them a long set. You got to go check them out. Yeah, I've heard great things about them. Well, Rick, thanks so much for hanging with me. I can't wait till we see you on the farm. Come see us. Come sign the bus. And uh, I think we got more uh, nerd shop to talk when we get there. Awesome, man. Right on, right on. everybody it's daniel and charla again real quick before we jump over to our contest entries we wanted to shout out our patreons charlotte do you want to call everybody out i do want to call everybody out go for it all right we've got nick wiglia maddie mccracken sean mccain mcferg bruce butler andrew julian william hoper john howard captain dan lucy young benjamin wells ross mcnamara kent summers michael roberts randy c joshua winsell madison hatsiko Scott Hurst, Greg, Eric and Ben Abel, Kristen Straub, Natalie Gauthier, Beyond the Hypnotic, that's Jace, Evan Brown, Jay Sanders, Chloe Hannon, and Sean McCarthy. I've been able to talk to a couple of our Patreons this past week. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'm trying to catch up with everybody before we get to Rude. Do you know we got six weeks and change now? It's closing in. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Oh, my gosh. Uh, actually, uh, this is going to release uh, the second or third day of May, and uh, that makes Bonnaroo next month. Yeah, is next month. Yeah, Charlotte's freaking out just a little bit. But thanks again to our Patreons. Y'all know this already, but 80% is going to go to the Bonnery Works Fund. We'll make that donation here in just about a month, I think. And the remaining 20% is, uh, according to our Patreons, going to buy a bunch of goodies that we're going to give out at the uh, Wednesday party. Yeah. we got to do some uh, shopping around this week, I think, for that. Yeah. Mitchell yeah. told me a good place to get some koozies, so mm-hmm. I believe we'll do that. I'm very excited about the goodies. I've 
think that we had we had a call and we had some very very good ideas thrown out. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Y'all will learn about that later. And uh, Patreons, I think we'll hold a call here in a couple of weeks to uh, just catch up with y'all too. Charles, let's jump over to our contest entries. We're going to let our entrants introduce themselves. You're about to hear four. Make sure that you go to our Twitter. We'll pin the tweet with the poll. You guys will pick the winner, and we will announce the winner next week. Should we jump into it? Yes, let's do it. Let's go. Hey there. So my name is Veronica. I have never been to Rue before, but I was hoping to bring my best friend this year. We had been planning this since... The middle of last year, beginning of last year, something like that. We have been wanting to go to a festival together for so long. And we were like, Bonnaroo, that is the festival we want to go to. That is our vibe. But unfortunately, a lot of financial humps got in the way. And we decided that we needed to hold off um, until next year, which sucks because... We've been planning this since last year, and it just seems like things always come up and get in the way, and we just really didn't have the money to buy tickets this year. But ultimately, I would love to bring my best friend. She is the most hardworking person I've ever met. She just moved to Memphis about a year ago. She finished her bachelor's degree in music here. Um, so she's a music lover. She finished her bachelor's degree in music performance, moved to Memphis, hoping to get her master's in music performance, and then kind of decided to go a different route. Um, and she's getting her bachelor's in psychology and then her master's in psychology. So she is extremely, extremely hardworking. She is so smart. She is so passionate. She has the best music taste out of anybody I've ever met. And this girl works harder than anybody, day and night, goes to school all day long, goes to work. She's a server, works super hard, gets off late at night, comes back home, does homework. Like, she never takes any time for herself. She never goes on vacations. Never, like, does self-care days, gets a massage, facial, pedicure, you know, whatever. Things like that. She just doesn't take time for herself. And so she was really, really looking forward to going to Bonnaroo this year because we really wanted to do something fun. But we just decided that we really didn't have the money for it this year. So um, if I could give her the news that I won free tickets for us. That would be amazing. I know that she would be so excited. She also is living in Memphis uh, by herself. So, I mean, she's gotten to know some people now being there for a year, but it sucks being far away from home. She doesn't really know anybody. So anytime that we do get to spend together, we cherish. Um, and we would love to go to Bonnaroo and be able to make a bunch of new friends. Um and since it's in Tennessee, maybe she would find somebody that would be uh, close to her in Memphis. Uh, I would love her to find friends or family that she could just spend more time with. So she doesn't always have to be alone and working herself to death. So anyways, um, I, I don't know who you're going to choose, but um, even if you don't pick me, that's okay. I'm really glad that you listened to this and... Um, I hope that whoever you do pick um, really deserves it and that they have a lot of fun there. So thank you guys.
Hello, my name is Kiefer, and the person I'd like to bring is my best friend Peyton. I've known him for just about 10 years now, and I think he deserves a Bonnaroo trip. I personally went to my first Bonnaroo in 2019 with a group of friends, and while I was there, I kept telling them, oh my gosh, I need to bring my buddy Peyton here. I felt he embodied what Bonnaroo was about, and so many things kept reminding me of him. I came back from that room with crazy stories and got him hooked. We had tickets to the 2020 and 2021 room, but we all know what happened there, you know, don't need to beat a dead horse. We even had plans to go to this room together, but before tickets went on sale, Peyton found out he was going to be a dad. He's so excited and has stepped up to the plate tremendously by putting extra hours in at work and being by his girl's side 24-7. He's been saving every penny he can. He's going to be a great freaking dad. But with that being said, he told me he couldn't afford a Bonner ticket, which I totally understood. He also sat out on a Florida trip a few of us guys went on last month. He's such a genuine guy, and if I could provide him a Bonner ticket, I know he'd be so grateful. It'd be perfect timing before his baby's due in September and he has to be on baby alert. I've talked to his girlfriend and she feels he deserves it as well, as he's been working so hard making sure she's not on her feet. He lives in Iowa, so I'd go pick him up, bring him back out to Tennessee where I live now, and take him to his very first Rue. I'd love for you guys to meet him on Wednesday night at the Rue bus party and have him show his gratitude, because that's just the kind of guy he is. And... Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I hope you guys consider them, and yeah, it'd be so fun. Ah, Thank you so much. Bye. What the fuck is Bonnaroo? I said, staring through the eye slits of a Jason hockey mask. Even through her thick eyeshadow, I could see my friend's eyes light up as she began to explain to me what this festival I had never heard of is all about. It sounded gross, it sounded sweaty, and it sounded weird. A camping festival baking in the summer Tennessee sun for five days wasn't remotely my idea of fun. I had always preferred bars, access to toilets, and most of all, air conditioning. So when she asked me to go with her to Manchester that summer, my natural instincts were to say, hell no. But I was Halloween drunk and heartbroken, so reluctantly, I said yes. Two weeks before that, the longest relationship I had ever been in had ended, and it was not my decision for it to be over. The following months were filled with fake smiles and generally chaotic behavior, all in an effort to grieve and move forward, and all of it unsuccessful. It was only when Bonnaroo was just a few months away that the faded memory of me agreeing to go had resurfaced, bringing on a wave of anxiety of whatever I had gotten myself into. How was I to handle being around so many humans at a time when I still didn't feel like a human myself? Then. It happened. The Walmart parking lot with the old man in a rainbow speedo blowing bubbles. The hippie screaming happy Rue while holding a sign that mirrored his message on the drive-in. The magic when first entering where in the woods. The high fives on High Five Friday. The beautiful strangers I had signed my guitar. The roar of the crowd during Childish Gambino. The giant Jenga that we wrote Truth or Dares on. The best tasting watermelon we cut on Saturday morning. And most of all, the love that euphorically coated every inch of the air. There I am, standing by my campsite at the break of dawn on Monday morning. My friends have gone to bed, but I can't sleep because I am basking in the beauty of everything that this weekend was. A roaming, silent disco comes strolling by my camp with a rickshaw carrying the DJ's equipment. Everyone is dancing and radiating positivity when I approach the DJ and ask to talk into the mic. I offer them my last case of beer, and the crowd cheers and rips into the case, devouring it in mere seconds. 
It was then I learned that I no longer have to fake a smile and blissfully wondered if I would ever stop. This last December, my best friend Sean just got out of his longest relationship. He and his boyfriend had split up after nine years together and it has not been an easy path for him. It kills me to see this cheery boy that I had known for so long have to fake a smile like I used to three years ago. I want him to experience the magic of Bonnaroo like I did in 2019. I want him to find love in himself like I did in 2019. I want him to know that it's okay to heal like I did in 2019. I want him to radiate positivity like I do ever since 2019. I want him at Bonnaroo with me now. Also, we've been filming wedding highlight videos for 10 years now, so if Blair and Adrian want us to put something together for them, we absolutely would love to be a part of that, and we'll hook you guys up. Happy room. Hey, Rubus. My name is Meg, and I'm from a little suburb five minutes outside of Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm really excited to tell you about my fiancé, Stevie. I think there are a lot of ways to describe Bonnaroo. It's a home, a safe haven, a light, a church, a retreat, peace, and for a single weekend in June, it's our world and our reality. My reality and perception of Bonnaroo has always felt too good to be true. In 2019, I left Bonnaroo yearning for more of it. And with each day that passes, I see every bit of Bonnaroo in my fiancé, Stevie. It's pretty easy to spot Stevie in a crowd. He's usually wearing the most colorful button-up shirt in a room, and if he's having a really good time, a few buttons may be undone. He'll have on corduroys that are even brighter than his button-up shirt. He'll have on his token Ray-Ban square frame glasses, a handful of rings that he's collected over the course of our six-year relationship, and me. Meg, <laughs> glued to his side. All of these things make Stevie pretty identifiable, but what makes Stevie so unmistakably special is his energy. It's calming yet electric, encouraging yet safe, and although he's always been home to me, he's my greatest, most thrilling adventure. If you had met me before I started dating Stevie, which would have been about six years ago, you would have met a very different version of myself. I was straight edge, had a very strict set of rules for myself, and I had built walls up around myself and my heart that stood 10 feet tall. I had no sense of identity at 19 years old, and I was walking around the world aimlessly and lost. I was craving purpose, and I was craving love. It's taken a while, but Stevie has knocked down every wall, every barrier, and every self-imposed obstacle that I've created for myself. Prior to falling in love with Stevie, I was a coloring book with some very blank, very white pages. Fast forward to now, every page in my hypothetical coloring book has colors so vibrant, and every color is always outside the lines. My favorite part of Stevie is what I so desperately needed in my life. It's his childlike sense of wonder. He is a person that pushes me to go a little farther, laugh a little harder, and sing a little louder. I used to dance like no one was watching, 
but now I dance in hopes that Stevie comes and joins me. I think there are two very special types of people that attend Bonnaroo every year. People in search of healing and healers. Stevie is a particularly special person at Bonnaroo because although he's still in need of healing himself, he always holds the capacity to heal others with his presence. He's the type of person to bring you to the present moment, pour you one of his favorite sour beers, or one of his signature far too strong cocktails, and walk you through whatever you're facing. Stevie is not the type of person to generalize you by the sum of your experiences. He only looks at your soul. To Stevie, whether or not you litter, this is more about you than how big your paycheck is. He would rather hold your hand during a protest while fighting for equality than go out to a club. But he will still go clubbing with you. <laughs> and he believes that music and love can bring us together far more than current events can drive us apart. In 2021, Stevie had healed me in ways I could not begin to describe. I had found myself and my safety compromised at the hands of another man. I was a victim and that was not a title I wanted to hold again. When I came to Stevie about what had happened to me, he only held space for me. He had only acted out of support, out of love, and out of sincerity. It's not easy to support someone after a traumatic experience, but Stevie made sure to only act out of love. Stevie had reframed and rebuilt my entire outlook on the situation, and because of his solidarity, patience, and support, I view myself as a survivor and no longer a victim. Bonnaroo and all music festivals need men like Stevie. Stevie is an advocate for anyone who identifies as a woman and someone who goes out of his way to make sure the women around him not only feel safe, but are safe. He creates a safe space for all genders and all sexualities, and his safe space is such a beautiful thing to be a part of. I hope you all get the chance to meet Stevie at Bonnaroo. You can most likely find him laying down in his hammock, kicking back at the campsite, or chasing me around Sunnaroo. When you meet him, he'll offer you a drink and a chair. And I hope you all take the opportunity to pull up the chair he inevitably offers and have an unforgettable talk with my amazing fiance, Stevie. Happy Roo, guys. <laughs> See you guys on the farm. Thank you so much to all of our entries. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe we got that many. We got close to 20, is that and right? It, yes, and it took like time and effort for people to actually like enter the contest. Oh gosh, yeah. So we do have to explain the mechanics of this a little bit. So by the time you hear this, or soon after, there will be a poll up on our Twitter, at the Real Rubus on Twitter, that will have all four of our finalists. Go in there, and uh, Twitter only will allow uh, one vote for one vote for account, uh, at least until Elon does more or whatever. Um, so go in, vote for your favorite, and after uh, close to a week, we will know the winner from the poll, and that winner will get two tickets to Bonnaroo. You guys did amazing, by the way. Y'all really made me cry. Thank you for that. Seriously. I did not want to cry on a Sunday, but here I am, crying. <laughs> Thank you. I love you yeah. all, and I hope I get to meet almost now, all of you. We can't say anything about anyone in specific because we don't want to sway votes, but, ooh, man, after the winner is chosen, we will have a lot to say after that point. Yes. Mm. Oh, my gosh. There's so much. 
There's a couple of them in particular. Yeah. That just, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. My, heart. We, my heart. We can't sway anyone's heart. <laughs> so we'll have more to say after the winner is chosen. And we will have the winner on the podcast as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, before we go on uh, to start to wrap the episode up, uh, Ben, I, I think you wanted to follow up on what we were talking about earlier at the beginning of the episode about some of these Nashville venues. Uh, yeah. Um, Nashville venues, um, queer, non-binary, whoever you are listening to this, um, be safe, be careful, um, watch out for the bathrooms, I suppose, um, it's not always the most friendly in every venue you go. Use your common sense. Know where it is for you to be safe and where it is not. Carry a group of friends and, again, just be safe. Be safe. Okay. Now, you, you guys are going to have, like, more to say about this. I understand the two of you are going to be uh, guest hosting a whole show for us before too long. Yes. Probably yes. about three or four weeks, something like that, I think. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, do you have a tease of what else you might want to talk about on that episode? Uh Games might be involved. Games? Bonnaroo games. Okay. Wait, games at the plazas or games that you have invented? Games for the podcast. Oh! oh! Ooh, okay. here we go. I like this tease. You're a very good tease. I like this very much. Okay. Also, yes. queer safety is very important these days. I do want to talk about that. Yeah. Queer safety, yes. Um, That is my tease. <laughs> Come, children. Come and listen to the podcast. Um... Queer safety. Yeah. yeah. I, we were talking earlier when we were hanging out in my driveway before we came in the bus to record. Um, I, I am looking forward so much to the House of Yes, um, their yes. parties and a lot of the other programming that they do. I, I wish we could get one of them on to be a guest to talk mm-hmm. about what they're going to have. And right. Kind of like yeah. Their goal that would of, be awesome. Mission you may receive. Charlotte, can I put you, can I task that to you see if we can get in touch with them? Yes. I'll, yes. I yeah. know we follow them on Instagram. Yeah. So I, maybe I can shoot them a message. Shoot them a message. And if anyone is listening to this that has a connection to the House of Yes, we want to talk to them before Bonner. They Excellent. are our favorite plaza entertainment. Yes. Uh, we will be over there quite a lot. You'll see Ricky the cat bopping up and down over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, we want to talk to them on the podcast and hear more about what they're up to. If y'all can get a hold of them, that would be nice. Yes. We would definitely love that if you can. Yes, thank you, Alex. All right, we have had a lot this episode. Uh, I was talking yesterday. This is one of the top episodes of the year, you know, in the top three or four. What's up, Brooklyn? I think we should do weekly picks. Let's do okay. We, we're running quick. Yes. I'm gonna give everybody a quick minute to give us your pick. Brooklyn, you brought it up, so you go first. I will go first. Okay, um, I have only one, and it is "Our Flag Means Death" That's on HBO Max. It is fan fucking tastic. Please go watch it, especially my oh. queer, um, yes people. I didn't want to spoil anything. I, I don't want to spoil yeah. anything, but, like, I mean, it's on Twitter as, like, all you have to do is just say, gay pirates. That's all I have to say. <laughs> gay pirates. Go fucking watch it. Please. It is so good. It has representation in all genres, and it is fan-fucking-tastic. And also Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Waititi. I'm, I'm a little tipsy, so I, I can't say his name correctly. Name. Taika Waititi. Yes. Woo! Let me just say, please go watch that fucking show. <laughs> it is wonderful, fantastic. It is, honestly, it has surpassed what we do in the shadows. And I, God Ooh. knows, I love that show. I love that show. But it, it is so wonderful. And let's all hope 
that HBO Max renews it for a second season. Because they haven't yet. But it is fantastic. Please go watch it. All right, Ben. Anybody else? Oh, period. Um, I'm going to say Avatar The Last Airbender. Woo! Yes, go! Hey! You saw the sequels coming Classic. soon. Classic. Yeah. Um, I saw Avatar many things, yeah. Too. Oh, wait, they, wait, no, you're, oh my god, I just made so, the same mistake from the guy in Moon Knight. Not Avatar The Blue People, Avatar The Anime. Yeah. Oh, no, ma'am, not. Not the blue people. We don't have time for yeah, that. We you don't. know, M. Night Shyamalan did us wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I knew about that. But also, um, if you have a little queer in your blood, um, The Legend of, of Korra. Oh, my God. I knew, about that. I knew about that. Let's watch the girls go into the spirit world. No, um, Period. If I, if I may say something about Avatar The Last Airbender. Now, I did see the the movie... The last Airbender, the live version one. Mm. Now, if a they wreck. could just make a second Here. one where they show Sop, I mean, I said, I said no, right. no, it, <laughs> See, no, no, you make Sonata with it. Doesn't with, exist. Oh if they could see, it doesn't exist because show, it's so whitewashed. <laughs> It's a long, long way to Ba Sing Say. And it's a long, long way for them to make an accurate depiction mm. live action movie for that there is no war. series. There is there is no war in Ba Sing Say. The Earth oh, King right. has invited you to I Lake Lao Fire Nation. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Eric, you got a pick? Yeah, I got uh, one. I got a new Bonnaroo band I discovered. Oh, please tell us. Uh, they're on the Who stage, Gold Park. Ooh, okay. An indie rock band out in Nashville, a three-man band, and I looked them up online, and I looked at their tour schedule, and you know what it says? They're actually playing in the campgrounds on Wednesday. Wow. Oof. The 15th? Oof. Yeah. Is the 15th Wednesday? Somebody on InfoRoo found a uh, cool thing. They found a press release that shows um, the day that each band is playing campground plaza. Okay, uh, I forget who posted that, but also I, it was a different person had a cool hack too. They figured out uh, they were basically able to do the math and figure out that uh, King Gizzard and Goose were going to have extra long sets. So oh, like, nice! Uh, yeah, yeah. But what was the so, name of the band you recommended? So Gold Park. Gold they, Park. Ha- they on their tour they have two Bonnaroo dates, the fifteenth and the seventeenth. So I'm really looking forward to them. And then I've been watching this show on HBO Max. Called Winning Time. Ooh, it's okay. A, What's yeah, about? It's about the 1980s Lakers dynasty. Oh, with, that with oh. Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, and, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm a huge Magic Johnson fan, and it's very interesting. And um, steer away, <laughs> <yeah>. queer people. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's a great if show. I, and I could, I'll take um, a, do you have a pick, real quick, Alex? Yeah, if I can add to that, Magic Johnson. Um, I was in church one day. Yeah. And Magic Johnson and his wife yeah. came into my church. What? what? Oh, wow. <laughs> like, I, I, I just, That's awesome. I went to church. Like, it, it was, like, way, way back. Like, I'm, I'm just coming to church, you know, just to, you know, socialize with, you know, my friends and, you know, get the word of the Lord. And then out of nowhere, people were like, yeah, Magic Johnson and his wife is here. I'm like, hold on, What? I had a similar situation when I was a kid. When I was a little kid, uh, you'll you'll get a kick out of this, Eric. I was with my dad uh, in a similar situation, and he was like, oh, come here, I want to introduce you to Fred McGriff. Oh, wow, the the crime dog. You're the first baseman (laughs) of the brains. Yeah, Yeah. rising from the stones. Charles, do you have a pick real quick? Uh, Yes, I do. Uh, There's a Bonnery guy, and I've been kind of listening to him 
But I only been listening to his main songs. Sack Brian. Mm. He's a country artist, but I only listened to like his like main two songs. And finally I was like, let me just see what else he's got. And I thought, oh, it's just gonna be like some rando country, whatever. No, it's not. Every single one of his songs is very, very, very slow. Not sappy, but like slow in a good way, like tugs at your heartstrings, like will like do something for your life, like life changing okay. kind of songs. Um, his last album was called Deanne, mm. and it was named after his mom who passed away. So my mom, mm. uh, her middle name was Diane, and uh, she went by Diane uh, in, she went professionally by Beverly, uh, but she went by Diane uh, kind of in her family. And uh, one of his songs is, uh, sweet Deanne, so it just really kind of uh, touched me a little bit. And every single wow. one of his songs is just very slow and mm -hmm. very just life changing songs. So definitely mm -hmm. check him out. It's I'm going to. It's yeah. not yeah. country yeah. like you think yeah. of like my truck, my truck. No, it's like very life changing, very just very good chill music. Wow. You didn't tell me that, babe. That's incredible. Yeah. Holy crap. Uh, my pick is just backing her up with uh, our flag means death. I've been enjoying it. <laughs> Please watch. Yeah. yeah. Cornbread the dog is here. I don't think he has a pick, though. Cornbread, speak. Cornbread, speak. Speak. Woof. 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 Speak. Speak. Woof. 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 Yeah, go, boy. Speak. Who is that? Woof. Who is that? Yeah, get him. Well, guys, thank you for the picks. This has been a beefy size episode to begin with. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, again, this is probably one of my top three or four things of the year since we had everybody's stories and had Rick on for the interview and everything. Do y'all know that it is now less than seven weeks away? Woo! God damn. Are, you, are the two of you feeling like you're close with all of your prep? No, not, not at all. Oh, Me man. neither. Now I feel like my undercarriage is completely exposed. <laughs> I don't have shoes that are ready, and my titties will be bare. Oh, okay. okay. I'm here, I'm here for, for it. it. Ready for fun. it. Um, I need everybody to meet y'all at our Wednesday party. Yeah. They will. You, you need a like, celebrity shot uh, on the DJ board or something. They will see my tip test. Here for the Wednesday party. Kevin, right? Kevin said that he thinks that you're going to be parked close to his. Yes, so, so no, he, it, this is not 100% set in stone. i got to wait and get this confirmed. I think I'll be able to this week. But the room is hopefully, and I will tell everybody more on this later, it will be parked at the group plaza. Right, that's so what it, we that was the plan That was the plan September. last year, and uh, we had talked with Bonnaroo and said that, like, hey, let's just continue as we okay. had planned last year. i got to call with him this week. So, I should be able to, to uh, confirm that for everyone uh, here in couple weeks. Kevin said he would do his best to get our... If I get there early, we'll the parking see. spot closest to the roof. We'll, so. we'll hook it up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't want to speak for him, but I think uh, Lord Taco might have the bus out on Wednesday for everybody to come check it out and take pictures, too. Okay. He, he's, he uh, was worried that, like, oh, people want to see his VW bus, but it's always backstage. Right. So he's working on trying to have it up at least one night so everybody can come. So when are, when are you guys going? I almost thought about bus, following you in. Oh, well, the Rue bus will be pulling it. Wow, we're close enough to talk about this, aren't we? The Rubus will be pulling into Bonnaroo uh, about seven or eight o'clock on Tuesday night. Okay. Uh, we will be rolling in that night and then parking. So you guys uh, are staying Tuesday night? Oh uh, yes, the Rubus will be there from Tuesday night until Monday morning. We're going to be there the entire time. Okay. Uh, we've been waiting almost three years for so this. So we're leaving so, Wednesday morning. Yeah, yeah. 
So yes. uh, we will be there uh, early Wednesday to get ready for our party. Um, I'm not putting up all of our outside camping stuff until <laughs> Thursday morning because <laughs> yeah. I know better. Yeah. Um, Good choice. But yes, more information for everyone on that soon. But yeah, things are coming together very quickly. We're coming up pretty close, aren't we? Right. Less than two months, six, real seven fast. weeks. Can't, can't believe we don't have a schedule. S'mores. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Anything else, guys, before we sign off? Be safe, queer people. Um, We'll be at Bonnaroo at some point to collect you and keep you safe. I think Mm. I'm going Wednesday. I don't know when I'm going. If I'm not there, um, Daniel and Sharla are wonderful people. The LGBTQIA plus community is very lucky to have people who is fighting for us in such a great way. We love you. Go to them. Um, They'll keep you safe. We love you so much. Period. Uh, quick shout out again to Rick Farman for calling in. Um, shout out to Catch Secor. He sent us a couple of things this week. The, the Oak Crow boys are on tour this week, and they were very hospitable to me and you, Charlotte. So when we saw them, they played uh, Beastie Boys. Yeah, oh, awesome. really? Go see the Oak Crow boys this uh, this year if you can. Um, they've been real supportive of us, and Catch has been a good buddy. Uh, any shout outs to anyone else? Shout out to the Frenches. Uh, we got some stuff happening with them. Always shout out to the yeah. Frenches. Okay, shout out to Cherub. Perhaps more to come on that. I don't want to say anything else. Just okay. Yet. Spoiler okay. Shout alert, yeah. out, I, I just want to say shout out to Cherub for being a fantastic fucking band. Yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out to them for just replying to us. Yeah. Dude, Jason, y'all, y'all, yeah, Cherub, you guys, if y'all are listening, y'all have gotten me through this week. I've been nonstop playing that doo 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 song. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but if y'all it's know, y'all know, it's G-S-G-F-O. been fucking fantastic. Alright, this was a fun episode. I know it ran long. Thank you so much for everybody hanging out with us. Uh, we have around a month and a half until we're going to see you in person. I'm tired of talking online. I'm ready to see you in person. Uh, that's it, Charlie? You know what's a good town? What? Austin, Texas. Mm. That's yes. a random thing to talk about now, but yes, it's a great town. Avoid yeah. Broad Street. <laughs> yeah, similar to Nashville. <laughs> Guys, that is enough. We will see y'all next week. we got an episode episode with you two coming up before too long. Uh, I think we're going to have Pondo on next week. Ooh, we love Pondo. Yes, yes. I, I'm ready to talk to the male You had a boy six straight. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. All right, Good. y'all, get out there and ready to positivity. We'll see you next week. Woo! <laughs> 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 damn it.